Thank you, Brother Sean. That was anointed, amen? And I believe that I'm anointed to preach the good news this morning. Hallelujah. Let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity that you've given to us this day. We thank you for Thursday mornings, Father. We thank you that we can gather together as family, come around the Word of God, and meet at your feet. And Father, that you will speak to us today. We are assured of that. And we thank you and praise you in advance for all that you will impart into us this day. We thank you and praise you as we sung praises to you today. That the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5, 5. And nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing shall separate us from the love of God. So there is nothing that we can't do, hallelujah, in and through you. And we thank you that this day, Father, that we have a word from God, a divine appointment, an impartation into each and every life. I thank you and praise you. Holy Spirit, only you can speak to each individual life through me today. I thank you, Lord. We commit it all unto you. Have your way in this service and in it through me. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm fired up. Amen. <laughs> I get a little bit excited, so you'll have to bear with me if it's the first time you heard me. How about last night? How many people were here last night? Praise God. Huh? Last night. Listen, people, many people got healed had bone disorders or problems with their bones. They're healed this morning. Praise God. That's something to shout about, right? How about this, though? You know what? Our church is going to grow in numbers because there's going to be lots of little babies running around here shortly. Hallelujah, right? You believe that? Hey, man, they prayed. We believe that we receive. So last night, a lot of couples have been praying, believing for babies for a while. They received. There's stuff happening right now inside them. Praise God. You believe that? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Mark 11:24. Come on. Okay. So I turned the mic on. We're ready to go. I want to first of all thank Pastor Craig for he giving me the opportunity. He gave me a call at 3:30 yesterday afternoon. And uh, and I, you know what? Being do ready in due season, in season, out of season. You know, I have a stack of. Uh, messages and sermons that I want to preach someday beside my desk. And I thought, okay, it's 3.30. we got church here in a couple hours. i got to do some things, and he wants me to share uh, tomorrow morning healing school. So I thought, i got to get busy. i got to go home and find out which message that I'm going to share with you guys today. And on the way home, the Lord said, no, 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 no. Not so quickly, Christopher. I want you to be led by my spirit. So I went home at like about 4 o'clock. I sat behind my typewriter, opened up my Bible, and praise God, he always shows up. Amen. He always shows up. He's here right now. Do you know that? Amen. I don't know what you have need of today, but he's here. He always shows up. He is faithful. He's such a faithful God. He always shows up, and whatever you have need of, he's here to address it today. Do you believe that? Amen. you got to believe it to receive it, though. Okay? So I sat down, and... Boom, I started ticking away on the typewriter, and I'm no typer, but it wasn't a bit of matter about an hour. I had everything that I needed for today, and I believe it's a due word for each one of you, okay? So, but here's the way I like to do it whenever I'm preparing for a message. I do it a little differently and get kind of a little overboard, but I like to have my message prepared maybe a week to two weeks in advance. 
I like to write out with my hands on a piece of paper, on a tablet. I know that's old Stone Age stuff, but I like to do that and write out every word to my message. Now it's subject to change by the Holy Spirit, but I like to write it all out. So sometimes that can be like 12 pages, okay? And then I like to preach it to myself, maybe once or twice. <laughs> and I like to maybe preach it to Jerry if she's open for that. <laughs> that Jerry's my wife. If she'll have it, I'll preach it to her. And then I'll preach it to myself again, and then I'll give it to you guys. Well, I didn't get a chance to do that last night, obviously. But it's what's inside my heart. This is just things that you guys have inside there. If you've been coming to this service for any amount of time, if you've been coming to this church, these are things that you know, but uh, sometimes it's not what you know. It's but what you do with it. Amen? Amen? Okay, so we might review some things. We're going to do a lot of scriptures today. If you're into football... You know how the quarterbacks are always licking their hands. I don't get that, but they're licking their hands and ready to throw a pass. If you're into baseball, they're always licking their hands before they throw the pitch. I want you to start licking your fingers. We're going to go through some pages today. All right? We're going to go through some scriptures today. All right? We're talking about the disciplines of faith. Pastor Craig started three weeks ago, okay? Omar, Brother Omar, continued on it last week. The disciplines of faith, Okay? And I, I wanted to look up, I, this is what I always do, I want to look up the words and get the meaning of those. So discipline, I looked up discipline in the dictionary, and it said, listen to this, it's interesting, a state of order based on submission to rules and authority. Ooh, is that cringe of flesh or what? <laughs> How about this? A set of methods or rules regulating the practice of a church order. That's interesting, right? One more time, a state of order based on submission to rules and authority. You know what? Our God's a God of order, right? We all know that, right? So we should be about order. He has everything in order. That's the way our God is. And we're talking about disciplines of faith. So we should have things in order. And we're going to look at various dis disciplines regarding faith. Now, I have like three to four of them. I hope to get through two of them today, okay? So, let's get right into it. What is faith? Now, you guys all know this, but what is faith? Believing and trusting in God. You know, I, I had a, my sister, we were, we were all raised in a Baptist church, and we got saved at early ages. But, you know, I, I remember years ago, my sister coming to me, and she was starting to question everything. The devil was just coming against her. And I've had many people over the years, you know, say... You know, how do you really know if all this is true? I mean, we've all went through those periods at one time in our life, you know. How do you really know? And I'll never forget, I was, I was taught in First Baptist Church in Sunday school this song that still sticks to me today. And I shared this with my sister way back there, and it ministered to her. And I, I share it all the times with people. In fact, I sing it. I like to sing. I'm not Pastor Peter, but I like to sing. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I'm so glad I learned that at an early age. Amen. Praise God. That's what faith is, trusting and obeying God. And that's one of the disciplines that we're going to look at today. You know, disciplines is we're going to have to discipline ourselves in this thing called faith, because we're to walk by faith, we're to talk by faith, we're to act by faith, we're to speak by faith, we're to do everything by faith. Amen? So there's some disciplines 
that we're going to need to know and to do. It's not good enough just to know them, but to do them in order for us to walk in the fullness of what this thing called faith is. Discipline. I don't know about you, but I don't have fond memories of being disciplined when I was younger. <laughs> School, I think of discipline. I think about even in my own home, discipline wasn't a pretty thing. I don't have warm and fuzzy feelings when I get think about discipline. Chris Palmer, you please report to the principal's office. I know that's hard to imagine, Pastor Chris being called the principal's <laughs> office. But I was a real rascal growing up. And uh, I remember my mom saying, you wait till your dad gets home. He's going to discipline you. Well, I didn't have like, that wasn't like something I looked forward to. I wasn't, that wasn't something that was enjoyable. But, you know, when God disciplines us or when he has, gives us disciplines to follow after, they're always for our good. I look forward to being disciplined now. Discipline, being the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, following after his ways. I'm subject, and you and I are to be subject to him, to his ways, to his way of thinking, his way of talking, his way of acting, and then we shall be like him. Amen? Amen. Okay, so there's some disciplines that we need to do. But I want to first share with you that these disciplines that I'm talking about, your flesh isn't going to like it. Your flesh will not like what I'm sharing with you today. Okay? Because... The flesh is always in opposition to the spirit man, who we really are. We're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body, which is the flesh. The, the flesh, if you get this down today, guys, I'm telling you, and you know this, but you know, sometimes it's good to reiterate it and go back to the fundamentals. Your flesh always opposes the spirit man. And the soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion, is the deciding factor of who's going to win out on this thing. Remember when we were little kids? Two against one, three against one. Well, that soul, if you side with the spirit, man, you will conquer that flesh. But if that soul sides with the flesh, spirit man's going to be stifled. And we can see lots of Christians, and we're going to see today, look into a few things, that, that God will actually allow us to be stifled if we choose to side with the flesh. So determine right now and make a quality decision that my flesh, there is no good thing in my flesh. <laughs> I need to have it, all right, to walk around here on this earth and do what God's called us to do. But in it, there's no good. So that's why we're called to crucify that flesh. I'm going to allow my spirit man to rule and reign in my life, and I will dictate to my flesh what it's going to do for this day. Now, it's going to get up. It's going to come to healing school and praise God, Amen. even when I don't feel like it. It has no say. Now, your spirit man's going to be okay with these disciplines because in you, your soul, like we said, is going to be a deciding factor. You decide, not God. You decide who you will side with. Okay? But I'm going to tell you it's going to take some effort on our part to do this. It's going to take some effort. But we can do it by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. God's grace is God's ability to do in and through you and I what it's hard to do, what it's difficult to do. That's what God's grace is. God's grace will team up with you, with your spirit, man. Hopefully your mind, your soul is being renewed to the things of God. It'll side up with you, and there is nothing that you can't do. His grace is sufficient for your every need. Praise God. That's good news, right? That's good news. Now, these things may sound easy, what I'm talking to you today about, the disciplines of faith, but if it were this easy... 
everybody be walking in them. And we'd be having signs and wonders abounding all around us. Now, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. Yes, Pastor Chris, say, yeah, they're coming. But right now, I mean, you can go to any church, and sometimes it doesn't seem like there's signs and wonders. Oh, there's things happening. There's things, more things happening than what we know. But, man, we want to see the manifestation of the things that we're praying and believing for, right? It's coming. It's coming, praise God. I say that by faith. I decree it to be so, and you need to be doing the same thing. Okay? So, how we're going to start this thing is, and you, we go to this scripture almost every Thursday, turn to Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Pastor Chris, we've read that scripture how many times? I can quote it over to you. I know it off by heart. I didn't, know, I didn't set up this message God did. He told me to tell you to turn to Romans 12, 1, 2. So we've got to be obedient and subject to him, right? All right? So we need to do Romans 12, and 1, and 2. We don't need to just think about it, or we just don't need to turn there today. We need to do it. Okay? Here's Paul speaking to you and I. And I want you to hear. I know Pastor Craig has shared on this. But I want you to hear the urgency in his voice. And I'm going to hear, I beseech you. I urge you, I exhort you, and I admonish you, my brothers and sisters, that you, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. This is your reasonable act of service. This is the least that you and I can do because he saved us. <laughs> he pulled us out of the miry clay. He saved us. We're not walking around like those people out in the world are. We're saved, praise God. We're alive. We're alive unto Christ. So our reasonable service is, I'm going to submit to my dad, my father. He saved me. He's Lord. I'm not. With, you know, without him, I can do no thing, nothing. I remember. I recall what it was like before I got saved. I remember what it was like when I turned my back from God. I couldn't do nothing. I stumbled. I fell. I'm getting ahead of myself. But I need to present my body, and I challenge you to present your spirit, soul, and body to him every morning. I do. I present to you this morning, Father, my spirit, soul, and body as a living sacrifice. Not my will be done today, but your will be done. Your plan and purpose shall be fulfilled in me today. I believe that. I will not be conformed to this world, verse 2, but I'll be transformed by the renewing of my mind. We're going to talk about that, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're going to talk about those two verses. Remember Romans 12, 1 and 2 as we get into this. The first discipline of faith. Now, this isn't an all-exclusive, and it, the, the order of it, I believe, is ordained by God. I talked about starting out with God's order. And, you know, you may have a different order, but this is the order that he laid this out with me yesterday. The first discipline of faith Turn with me, Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. We're going to read the scriptures first, and then I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the first discipline of faith. Hebrews 11.6. But without God, or I'm sorry, but without faith it is impossible to please him. So we've got to have faith. For he who comes to God 
must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. Amen? Amen? That's us. That's you and I. Without faith, so we're going to need faith to please God. But how do we have that? Trust and obey that he is who he said he is. And I believe that he is a rewarder because I diligently seek after him. I'm seeking after him. I believe God is true. I believe he's not a man that he should lie. I believe that all his promises are yes and amen because I believe. We're believers. We believe these things. Okay? Romans 4.20. Romans 4.20. Romans 4.20. These are some of my favorite scriptures. Romans 4.20. Wait till I don't hear pages shuffling anymore. Romans 4.20. We're talking about Abraham, the father of our faith. It takes faith to please God. So it would be good to check out Father Abraham. He did not waver, or some versions say he did not stagger, at the promise of God. God promised him something, and he did not waver or stagger about it through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully convinced, I love that, being fully persuaded, being fully confident, having a uh, expectation that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Praise God. Sounds like Hebrews 11:6 to me, right? Sounds like it. I believed him. I'm fully convinced that what he says in this word is the truth, and I'm going to stand on it, and I know that God will perform it. I know he will. I know it. Genesis 15:6. don't turn there, and Romans 4, 3 say the exact same thing. So flip back a page, Romans 4, 3, and Genesis 15, 6 say the same thing. It's the same verse. The word confirms the word. Romans 4, 3 says, for what does the scripture say? It says in Genesis, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abraham believed God. He was called a friend of God. He hung out with God. He got to know God, and he believed when God said something to him that he would perform it. And he hung out for a long time until he got his promise. But he believed it and did not stagger or waver at the promise. Amen? Amen. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later down the road here. I hope we get to it. But he was patient. <laughs> and we're not patient. We're not patient people. I want to share some things with you that will bless you. I hope we get to that. Romans 4.13. Romans 4.13. For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. We talked about that grace. So that the promise might be sure to all, say me, that the promise might be sure to me, the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. You're included in that verse. So just as Father Abraham, the father of our faith, believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness, you and I believe and it's counted unto us as righteousness. It's accounted unto us as Hey, we're thinking right. 
We're talking right and we're acting right. Well, if I can think right, talk right, and act right, I shall have the same results that the Lord Jesus Christ had. That's not easy. I started that, uh, it's been like over a year now. I started confessing that. Lord, I think like you. I talk like you. And I act like you. And therefore, I shall have the same results that you had. He wants us to, you know. We're supposed to imitate him. Ephesians 5.1. And he says the things that I do, you shall do, and even greater things than these. Well, I wasn't doing them. So I started confessing that. You know what? I didn't believe it when I first started saying that. Sometimes it was even hard for me to even say, I do think like you, Lord. I talk like you and I act like you. And I kept saying it, and I kept saying it. And you know what? I'm actually believing it right now. I believe that I think like him. I believe that I talk like him. (laughs) I'm believing that I act like the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm believing I'm having the same results that he had. (laughs) Praise God. Uh, I get excited about that. As he is, so am I in this world. That should be your verse. Okay, 1 John 4, 17. So, what is the first discipline of faith? We must submit to the Word of God. First place, first thing. So important. We must submit to the Word of God. Or you could say this, we must submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the Word. Or you could say that we must first submit to God, which was Jesus, which was the Word. (laughs) We want to separate those all the time. You know, we want to separate them. But if you truly believe that this is God, it'll change your life. This is God. This is God right here. Okay? What if God walked into this room today and told you something? Would you question it? I'm talking... God Almighty, right now, open up the door in His glory, come in, stood up here, and He asked you to do something. Would you question it? No, come on, you wouldn't do that. you falling down on your face. <laughs> okay, what if you audibly heard His voice right now? And He said to do something. Would you debate with Him? What if you heard, actually heard God's voice? There have been people that have heard God speak to them. And he said, I want you to do this, Christopher. Would you debate with him? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. God's word is just as alive. This word, this Bible, these verses that we just read, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides and asunder spirit, soul, body, marrow, bones. It is live, guys. This word is alive. It should be when we're reading this, those words are coming off of that off that page, and it's alive. It will be that way if you believe. Okay? Okay, so go with me to John. I heard Diana say it, but go with John 1. John 1. Maybe you don't believe what I'm just telling you. Maybe this is new news to you. Well, let's confirm it, that this is actually God, and this is His Word, and I can look at this the same as if He was walking through that door. I can look at this Bible the same as if He audibly spoke to me. John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, 
Or we could say, in the beginning was the Bible. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You don't separate the two. In the beginning was the Word. This Word, this Bible, which we got many years later, was in the beginning. <laughs> and it was with God, and it was God. You don't separate His Word from who God is. God is His Word. He was in the beginning with God, meaning Jesus, meaning the Word. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made. It was made in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 14. This is one of my favorite scriptures. And the Word became flesh. So this Bible became flesh. Okay? The Word, this Bible became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we behold His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I like another version that says, uh, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we touched Him. And we ate with them. And we sat with them. John leaned up against them. <laughs> Man, can't wait to do that. Can't wait to lean up against them. That's going to be cool. All right. God's word is truth. This is truth. Discipline number one, God's word's got to be first place. Above all other, it's got to be first place. It is truth. It's not facts. And you know what? Some people say, well, the fact of it is, or the fact is. No, 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 no. This is truth. Facts are subject to change. Facts are changing every day all around us. This day it's okay to eat chocolate. Tomorrow it's not okay to eat chocolate. Today you can eat eggs. You can have three eggs and be okay. Tomorrow you can't eat any eggs. Eggs are bad for you. Today it's cold. Tomorrow it's going to be warm. Facts, those are facts, but they're constantly changing. This never changes. Yeah. Hallelujah. From the beginning, when he was with God, until now, until however long he tarries, until we're in eternity for billions and zillions and however long it is, this is always going to stay the same. Amen. God does not change or vary. There is no variance with him. He does not change. So you need to establish that in your heart, in your mind, that God's word is first place, I can trust him, I will obey him, that he is faithful to his word, he will do what he said he would do, and I don't care come hell or high water, I'm believing on his word because it has stood the test of time. Amen? Amen? Amen. A lot of other Bibles, a lot of other doctrines and gods have come and gone, but our God still reigns. And his word is still truth. It pertains to you yesterday, and it pertained to me today, and it will pertain to me tomorrow. If he did it for Joe last week, he'll, he must do it for me, because he's not a respecter of persons. He does not change. He does not vary. I don't care what the denominations say. I don't care what anybody says. I believe in God. I'm trusting in his word. Nobody will change me or pull me off of that. Okay? Okay, so go back to John, first chapter, verse 9. Verse 9. That was, the, well, let me see here, verse 8. 
Okay, they're talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is saying that he was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. Verse 9, that was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world, meaning Jesus, or the Word. Okay, I want you to see something here. I want you to see that, and we're going to look at another verse, John, 1 John 1.5. 1 John 1.5. 1 John 1.5. The light, <laughs> the light came into this dark world when Jesus arrived on the scene. When the Word arrived on the scene, light came. First John 1.5, and this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, okay, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. There's no darkness, no shadow of turning, no variance with God. He is light. Light. So, we could say that Jesus is light. And it does. He was the light of the world. He came into this world. We could say that this Bible, then, is light. Right? Okay. We're going somewhere with it. There are many references in the Bible to God being light. And I would challenge you, you want to do a good word study, get your concordance out, get your strongs out, and look up light. Look up all the verses that have light in there. It'll bless you. It really will. It's one of my favorite studies. Why is this important, though, that we're talking about the light? Because this world we're living in is stumbling around. All around, they're just stumbling around. They don't know where to go. They don't know which way to turn. They're falling. They're mumbling around. No direction. They're lost. They're without light because they're without God. Right? Okay? They're without the Word. All right? And listen, guys, it's not going to get any better. (laughs) It's not going to get any better, okay? Because when you don't have God in the equation, it can get a lot darker. The Bible describes how dark it can get, okay? But that's why you and I are on the scene. (laughs) That's why you and I are here, because we are children of light, okay? We're children of the Word, we're children of God. We're to bring light into this madness and turn it around. Amen. We're representatives of our Father. We're representatives of light. Okay? So the first discipline of faith is trusting in God's Word, putting it first place. In God's Word contains all the answers. The answers to everything. Amen. The answers to everything, guys. Amen. Listen, from Genesis... To Revelation. He doesn't have to add any more. There isn't things that were left out. In this book has the answers to every problem, every issue, every circumstance that you will ever have. You willing to dig in there and find it? You willing to look for it? Listen, God's Word is the only thing that I know that I can read one verse ten years ago and get a revelation of it Five years later, read the same verse and get a different revelation of it. And read it today and get a different revelation. Same verse. (laughs) There's nothing like it. There's nothing like this word. It just keeps on giving because that's who God is. It's light. It's life. And the more light I get, the more I can walk and be like him. God has all the answers. They're right in here. So that you can see that if you don't know that or you wouldn't act on that, 
then you would be stumbling and falling. You cannot bypass the word, guys. A lot of people want to bypass. I don't really feel like uh, getting up and reading my Bible or, you know, I'll listen to what Pastor John says or Pastor Craig, you know, but, you know, uh, me getting in the Bible, you know, I don't understand the Bible, you know, that's why I need someone to tell me about, you know, that's, I'm not a reader. I'm not a reader. You know what? I can tell you this honestly. In high school, I didn't read anything. I didn't take books home. I flew by the seat of my pants in high school, you know. And, and I, fortunately, I got B's, like you know, and and it was okay. But I could have done so so much better. But I didn't read, and in fact, I didn't want to read. I didn't want to read anything. My dad's a reader, but uh, I didn't want to read anything. And then I come across this book, and now I love to read, and I got to have it. I got to have it every day, and I read. And I read lots of books now. I I'm a reader now, you know. I'm reading two or three books at any given time, and always reading the Bible. But you can't bypass this word, okay? In order to go to discipline two, three, four, five, and six, and grow from faith to faith and glory to glory, you cannot bypass the word. You can't. Because you've got to establish that in your hearts right now. This is number one, uno. This is it, okay? Which leads us right into the second one. Discipline of faith. Okay? The second discipline of faith. And in order for you to get the second discipline of faith, you have to see why God's word has to be number one. Otherwise, listen guys, if I don't read God's word and if I didn't put God's word first place or if I never even you know, picked up the word of God, how would I know that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? How would I know that by his stripes I'm healed? Just because you say it, just because you tell me, I heard Pastor John say it, no, 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 no. You have to get in here for yourself. And you won't know how to live this life. You, don't, you won't know that you're a child of the light unless you get into the Word of God. Well, that sounds so simple, Pastor Chris. It sounds like, yeah, but I'm saying to you, there's, there's a, a score of Christians out there that aren't getting into the Word of God, and they don't know what is available unto them. They don't know who they are in Christ, and they're not getting. And that's why I'm saying to you that the signs and wonders that we're expecting to happen aren't happening because people aren't into the Word of God first place. It's not first place in their life. Too many other first things. I told you flesh wouldn't like it. <laughs> God's word needs to be number one. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'll tell you the second discipline of faith that I believe before we read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Number one was to give God's word first place. Number two, you think it'd go hand in hand, but a lot of people don't know this one, is to acknowledge him in all our ways. Mm-hmm. It's different than putting the Word of God first place. It really is. When I talk about putting the Word of God first place, that's what you find out what is available to you. That's what you find out who you are. But I'm talking about number two, the second discipline of faith. We want to walk in this faith thing. We want to get this faith thing down. We're a faith church. We're a faith people. The second Discipline of faith is to acknowledge Him in all our ways. And that sounds so foreign to a lot of people. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, a real familiar scripture to you. Trust in the Lord 
Or we could say trust in the Word, trust in the Bible, trust in God with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Sounds like Romans 12, 1 and 2 to me, right? Do me not conform to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Oh, we want Him to direct our paths. We want to be on the right path. We just don't want to acknowledge Him in all our ways. First of all, because we don't think that we can actually do that. In all your ways, in everything that I do, acknowledge Him. How would I do that, Pastor Chris? Well, verse 3, go up one. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. That's how. Remember, I shared with you, I don't know how many of you were in here, I don't know, even a couple months ago when I was sharing here about seed, you know, and faith. I don't know how many of you guys have been planting seeds. How many people have been planting seeds? Okay, well, you ain't going to get anything if you ain't planting seeds, okay? So, we've got two people here that are going to have a garden in a couple weeks. <laughs> just kidding. But remember, I said, just as you're going to do here shortly, in a couple months, you're going to go... You know, plant your gardens. You're going to till everything up. Prepare that ground. It's got to be open for you. Put the seed in the ground. But then you put the seed in the ground, and then you get that little packet that says lettuce or tomatoes or whatever, and you stick it on your stake, and you stick it at the end of your row. That's binding around your neck. That's binding it on the tablet of your heart. I'm going to know. We have little prayer answer cards that we made up for the prayer partners. When you come up and get prayed for, we're going to give you a prayer answer card, and it's going to tell you, uh, January 27th at about 10.50, you received your healing. Well, you're to bind that around your neck. I'm never going to get forget it. I'm not going to forget it. God said that if I trust in Him with all my heart, lean not on my own understanding and all my ways of knowledge Him, He's going to direct my path. I'm going to keep that forefront in front of me. I'm going to keep that right in front of me at all times. Uh, that's how we do it. That's how you acknowledge him in all your ways. It's not that difficult. Turn with me to Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget. That's why we need that seed packet out at the end of our row. To remember, we planted lettuce. Lettuce is coming to me in 30 to 60 days. Healing is mine, and it will manifest because on January 27th at 10.50, I got prayed over, and I believe that I received. You've got to keep that in front of you. We just, poof, let it go. Sometimes we don't even make it to the back of the sanctuary, and we're undoing it with our words. You cannot do that, okay? But we're getting it, okay? Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone, say me, me. because a Christopher asks, I receive. If I seek, then I'm going to find. And to me who knocks, it will be opened. You need to make this personalized for you. Quit reading it as if it just pertained to Matthew, whoever wrote it. Put your name in there. If I seek, 
I ask and I knock, then I'm gonna, it's going to be revealed to me, the door is going to be opened, and I will receive. Okay? So, that's acknowledging God in all our ways. It's that easy. I'm going to knock, I'm going to seek, or I'm going to ask. Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. All is all. We want all. <laughs> we want that part. We want healing. We want finances. We want prosperity. We want to, to know God. We want to walk in the fullness of God. We want to be in His plan and purpose. But in order for us to do that, we need to be seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Once again, His righteousness is, don't get hung up on that, because we that, that, that term can, can scare people. But that's just thinking, talking, and acting right. And how would you do that? Apart from the Bible, you won't. You have to be in the Bible to see what I should think, what I should say, and what I should do. Now, I know some people will differ with me on this, and that's okay. We can agree to disagree. But I believe that first is first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, if he would have wanted it to be second, he would have put second in there. Our God's a God of order. So quit fighting it on this. All right? I'm serious. Quit it. All right? Now, this your flesh is really going to get bent out of shape here, but I believe first is first. So, the first thing in the morning, the first thing of my day, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. Now look, i got a bunch of sourpuss looking faces on me. Hey, am I going to do my own thing first, and then I'll seek first the kingdom of God? Listen, every day is a new day. This is a new day. Tomorrow is another new day. What I sought Him for today i got to seek him again tomorrow for that day. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough worries and cares of its own. Worry about today, Christopher. Not worry, but cast the cares and concerns of it over a bit. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How can I tell my Lord? How can I tell the Lord that I'll do it after what I think I should do first? Okay? Now, I'm not talking about religion or being religious, I'm talking about a dependency upon Him. <laughs> a reliance on Him. I got to have Him. <laughs> I, got to ha I got to have Him. That's, that's what I wake up with. And, and you know what? I love my wife. She's such a great wife. God gave me that wife. But nothing comes before me and God. As much as I love her, as much as I love those kids, I love my kids. Oh, man. Christian and Lydia, I'm blessed with two beautiful kids. They're, they're great kids. You guys know my kids. Nothing separates me from God. God's first. God's first. You know what? I can't deal with Jerry right if I don't deal with God first. He tells me how to deal with my wife. He tells me how to deal with my children. You know? How can I do it apart from him? 
And here's what I'm here to tell you guys. God will allow you to do it apart from him. He will. Okay? I'll give you an illustration. You know, I've dealt a lot in my life, even like uh, as being a Christian and then apart from being a Christian with drug addicts. And a real serious drug addict, they got to have their fix, man. There's nothing that's going to stop them from getting their fix. In fact, that's what's, we, we have a lot of that rampant in our society today. The people are so hooked on drugs that they'll do anything. They'll steal from their own family. They'll, they'll break into other people's houses so they can get their fix. And I've seen people that, you know, that, that, that the first thing they get up, you know, when they wake up out of their slumber, when they wake up from their high, they got to have that fix. That's the way I am in the morning. That's the way you and I should be. I got to have my fix. I got to have God. I got to have Him. I can't function without Him. Now, that illustration, I hope it doesn't offend you, but I got to have Him. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to say to people. I don't know how to treat people, but He does. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows it all. I got to have him. And I, and I got to have him first. Okay? Now, don't get all hung up. There are days when, you know, uh, I go down early. I get up real early and spend time with God. And uh, you've heard Pastor Steve even mention something like this, where one of his kids got up early. Maybe it was you, Stephanie. I don't know. <laughs> and, and you thought, you know, hey, this is my time with God. You know? You can't infringe on my time with God. <laughs> hey, you know, we're not talking about being religious here. You know, if your daughter gets up or your wife needs something, you know, but I got to have God. You know what I'm saying? You guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. God has first place. Okay? He has first place. For some, it's coffee. Now, Jerry's not here, so I can tell her. <laughs> you don't tell her. Uh, she's got to have coffee. And she's weaning herself off of this. Okay? She really is. She wants to do that. But she's got to have coffee in the morning. I know a lot of people like that. They've got to have coffee first thing in order for them to function. That should not be so. <laughs> Some people, I don't drink, I mean, I, I drink the cold stuff with caramel and everything else mixed in with it. It's not coffee. So I don't drink it in the morning. Some people, it's the news. I got to get up and I got to see the news. I got to see what's going on. What happened last night? Oh, where, uh, where's Fox at? I got to tell you, see what happened, man. What are they talking about? Huh? I got to, no, 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 no. Hey, God first. God first. Amen. Don't get yourself out of, don't get your priorities out of whack. I got to have God first. I got to have my meeting with him. But here's, here's the main thing, if, if you don't get anything else out of this, guys, is I get to. <laughs> I get to. Listen, I get to meet every morning with the creator of heaven and earth. <laughs> we could stop right there, right? We could stop right there. I get to meet with God Almighty, the one that has all the answers, the one who is love. I get to do it. It's not that I'm forced to. Nobody's telling me i got to do that. I want to. I get to. So, I'm, I'm saying those things to encourage you. Now, I, now I told you your flesh wouldn't like this message, but we need to crucify this flesh. Amen. 
and tell it to shut up. It doesn't have no say in the matter. I will get up and spend time with God in the morning. I will give him first place. Now, I know some people say, well, I can't do it in the morning. I do it at night. You work it out with God. I'm not here to tell you, you know, you have to do it this way. All I'm, I'm reading Matthew 6.33. So maybe that's seek ye first before you hit, your, hit the, the bed, hit your pillow, you know, before you put your head down. I don't know. Okay? So here's one of my favorite scriptures to concerning acknowledging him in all our ways. First Kings. Turn with me to First Kings. We've got to move along here. First Kings 3. First Kings 3. Hey guys, on that seeky first came of God, don't get hung up on that. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it, all right? You know? Don't go out here. Oh, Pastor Chris, I gotta get up first thing in the morning. I'm not a morning person, but. Just seek ye first the kingdom of God, all right? Don't throw no stones or write notes or anything like that. Just do it. It's God's word, not Christopher's word. Okay, First Kings 3. We're talking about Solomon here. And Solomon was called one of the wisest people that ever walked the face of the earth. He, was, he kind of got foolish there at the end. But I wanted to see this. I love this scripture. First Kings 3, starting in verse 5. We there? At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Talking about himself, Solomon. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing, and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. That's a powerful scripture right there. That's acknowledging God in all your ways with the right motive. God, I need you because you are light. You can give light on this scene. I don't know how to treat this situation with my child. I don't know how to deal with my wife or husband. But I'm asking you, instead of 
asking you to do away with him <laughs> or do away with her. I'm asking, I'm acknowledging you and saying, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? And God is asking, guys, that all we do is acknowledge him in all our ways. And, and what does he do? He not only gives us the answer, but he blesses us exceedingly above and beyond what we could ask, think, or even imagine. How do I do that, Pastor Chris? Start with everyday little decisions. Everyday little decisions. You know what? Life is just about choices. That's what life is. It's just choices. All day long, you're making choices. Even when you don't make a choice, that's a choice. Do you know that? <laughs> You've made a choice not to do anything. And things will happen in regards to that. So just start. Just start making the decision that I will acknowledge him in all my ways. Start with the little things. Lord, what would you have me eat this morning? What would you have me wear? What would you have? And don't get all you know, religious about it, but be, get sensitive to his voice. Start with something small. So when the enemy does come and he will come and you have this major catastrophe or something tries to come against your, your family, you're going to hear his voice because you've heard it in all the little things. It won't be then that you try to hear, oh God, and that's where it happens to us. We get in a, in a, in a, a, a fix and we haven't been acknowledging God. And we can't hear his voice, and then all of a sudden we want to hear it. Oh, Lord, where are you? Why aren't you talking to me? Why aren't you saying something? It's a still, small, quiet voice, he says. Listen, I can hear my kids halfway across Walmart, and I know that they're my kids. <laughs> I mean, I can hear Christian's voice halfway across Walmart, and I know that's my boy. And Lydia, I know her pitch and tone. And, and Jerry, I have a farm. And I can be a half mile away and I can tell when it's dinner time because I know her voice. Get your butt back over here. You know, it's time to eat. I know them because I hang out with them. I know them because I spend time with them. I know God's voice because I hang out with them. I get to hang out with them. Okay? Talk with him. Ask him questions. And then wait for the answer. You have to wait for the answer, guys. Okay? We're way too impatient. I started with that, and I guess I'm going to have to end with that. I want to share with you a nugget. It'll bless you. So if you want to write this down, uh, it really blessed me. I, I got it at a leadership conference last year about being patient. Patience, listen to this, it's so true. Patience, you know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit, right? You know that, right? Listen to this. Patience is the secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself. Now, it'll take a little time to meditate on that, okay? But who is the deceiver? The enemy. Yeah. Patience is the secret weapon that forces deception to reveal itself if you and I will be patient standing on God's word acknowledging him we know we've heard from him we know we have one of his promises all his promises are yes and amen we give up we get too impatient we quit 
But if we will be patient, it'll force deception to reveal itself. The enemy is coming against you and I in a deceptive, deceitful, cunning way. And see, what happens with you and I, I'm speaking to myself, is we pray, we say that we believe that we receive, we go about our business, and then when it doesn't happen just like that, then we give up. And the enemy is right there. He's always right there. Patience, we sang last night, I think we did, or we sing here, you know, waiting on the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord. That's not talking about like, oh man, I can't believe he hasn't come through. No, 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 no. My God will come through. His word is, it goes back, it, it all ties together, guys. It all ties First, the word of God's first place. I know it's true. I know it will not fail. I stand on the word of God. Praise God. I know it's going to come to pass. I've acknowledged him, and he said, this is a verse for me to stand on, and I will be patient knowing that it will come to pass. You're that way with your salvation. Nobody can talk you out of you going to heaven. In fact, you would fight people to say you're going to heaven. Well, heaven, depending on how long we're hanging out here on earth, might be a ways away. We're patient enough for that. Why can't we be the same with our healing and our finances and everything else? Our children. Okay? You find a promise. Train the child in the way he should go, and when he grows old, he will not depart from that. That's me. I was trained right. I turned from God for 20 plus years, but I came back, and look now, I'm a pastor. You hang on to that Word of God. You hang on to it. Be patient. Do not give up. Force deception to reveal itself. You lying, deceitful thing, you will not come against me or my family. That's a lie from the pit of hell. God's word says, I'm binding around my neck, I'm, I'm, I'm writing it on the tablet of my heart, and Satan, you cannot deter me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against this family shall fall and be in the wrong. This is the heritage of us, God's children. Praise God. I'm going to close with this. Like I said, we only got two. So maybe I'll get to do it again sometime here shortly. I counsel with a lot of people. And after I hear them tell me about all their problems and what they're, what they're trying to do, okay? Listen to what I'm saying. What they're trying to do, I ask them. And I, I make this a point in every, every meeting. Where's God in your picture? Where's God? Listen, guys, if God's not in the picture, there's nothing that Pastor Chris can do. <laughs> there's nothing that I can do for you if God's not in the picture. I'll help you see the picture. I'll help you put God in there. But if God's not in the picture, there's not a whole lot I can for Without Him, I can do nothing. Amen. I can't do nothing. What's it say in John 15? We need to be attached to that vine. That's where our life source comes from. I can't be separated. I can't be doing this on my own, out there on my own. i got to stay attached. So I say, without him, I, so I ask him, have you acknowledged God? What's your problem that you're telling me? Now, I mean, we all have problems, okay, so I'm not diminishing it, but I said, have you acknowledged God? Have you asked him for help? 
Have you given him place? That's what I say. Have you given God place in your situation? And I always ask that of everyone that's going through stuff, and we all go through stuff. Have you given God place in this situation? Have you given him any room to move? We're talking about acknowledging him in all our ways. Listen, if, if one of my kids has somebody come over, we set another place at the table. Have you given any place for God in your problem? Have you set a place for him to come in to be able to help you, to see you through this thing? Have you acknowledged him at all? These are simple things, but have you done it? Have you welcomed him into your situation? Have you acknowledged him and, and, and said, Lord, I need your help. I'm asking, I'm knocking, I'm seeking. He is faithful. He will always show up. Because you or I haven't acknowledged him, he will not get involved. That's the, that's the truth of it, guys. It's called free will. God is love, and get this, love always allows a choice. Love, which is God, always allows a choice. That's good news. <laughs> okay. Now, some people would like God to be a dictator. This would be communism, and God, you make all the decisions. You make them all for me. I don't want to have any say in it. I want... That's not the way it is, guys. He's given us a free will. You can either choose him or you can reject him. You can either walk with him or walk away from him. Love allows a choice. You can either ask for help or do it all on your own. So many times, even myself included, we don't acknowledge God. We don't give him a place to work in our lives and we wonder why things aren't going better. And I always ask people, I said, how's it been going the last week? How's, how's it been going the last week in your life or in this situation? How about if we look back, how's it been going for the last month? How's it been going for the last year? How do we expect things to be any different when we're not doing anything? I mean, it's so simple, but I'm saying to you, I, it's a day in, day out. How do we expect our circumstances to change if we're doing the same thing that we were doing last week or a month ago? They won't. And I can assure you, this is hard for people to hear something, I can assure you that we'll be having the same conversation a year from now if we don't choose to acknowledge God or do something about it. Amen. Something's got to change. Something's got to give. So you've got to get God involved with it, okay, and quit trying to do it on your own. You mean i got to do something? Yes, you've got to do something. Why? Because faith requires action. Faith is action. Faith is active. You have a part to play. You have to do it. I'll leave you with the final verse because we're way over time. James 4.2. A lot of times we have not because we ask not. Or we ask amiss, it says, if you keep continuing to read. We ask for the wrong motives. We need to be like Solomon was. Is Lord, I want to do this. I want to acknowledge you because I need your help. I want your answers. I want your advice on this. I want you to tell me what I need to do. Okay? Sorry I couldn't get the, a whole lot more there. I hope that blessed you.
And if you and I will be doers of what we just heard, we will see our circumstances change. Amen? Thanks for coming out. Be blessed. Love you.